0: When I say the word Māori, does that ring a bell? Here in the States, North America, people do know about the Māori culture to some extent. In pop culture, most of us have probably seen the film Moana. It showed us a little bit about the Polynesian culture and lifestyle of the past. We're going to scratch the surface about the Māori because we have Thomas Reelstone of the Aotearoa podcast. Thanks for joining us, Thomas.
1: Kia ora, thank you for having me. Really excited to have a, have a chat about this kind of stuff. Well,
0: Ali, let's start with Māori. Um, also, am I, if I'm butchering the name, <laughs> please correct me. How do we say it?
1: Uh, so if you want to be really, really correct, it is Māori um, or Māori. Um, it has got that macron above the A, so it extends the, the vowel, essentially. So it's Māori, ah. if you want to be really correct. But I think most people will let you say uh, Māori, moldy, like Māori moldy bread. Um, I think for a lot of people that is close enough, especially if you're from overseas.
0: Got it. So let's expand on the Māori culture. What exactly is a Māori?
1: Oh, okay. Um, so Māori is the indigenous population of New Zealand, if you want to put that kind of in a in a sentence it is um the people that arrived mm-hmm. here first um and then they were hanging around for a while um for a few hundred years and then uh europeans came along and did the whole colonization thing so they're really the first people that arrived here in new zealand i um, mean have been here um and the longest essentially but to kind of do it all you know what is maori that's that's a very big question
0: (laughs) absolutely and hopefully we're here to dissect it and hopefully we can get some good few pointers also you did say that they discovered uh, new zealand Mm -hmm. now i was wondering were there people before the maori discovered uh new zealand so
1: that does depend on who you ask um by that i mean conspiracy theorists uh, <laughs> um there are some groups very minor groups that believe uh that maori were not the first people to arrive in new zealand um the groups that they claim are anywhere from egyptians Phoenicians, celts romans uh vikings all sorts of different things um and i'll say outright that they are incorrect they are not they are not there's not a widely held belief Um, by anyone who is any academic knowledge or anything like that, but those people do exist. Um, But Māori are generally considered to be the first people to arrive in New Zealand. Māori do Mm -hmm. have their own stories where um, there was... The story of uh, Māori arriving in New Zealand is about a great fleet um, of, I believe it's about, seven different waka or canoes um, arriving in New Zealand, bringing the majority of... Um, the the Maori kind of population and that kind of thing and although that story is um, got a few historical things that um, aren't quite correct such as it probably wasn't seven canoes it was probably seven fleets but even in that story they do tell of people already being here small clusters of people already being here but again I I believe as I understand it I, I think that those people were still Maori they were still eastern Polynesians Um, It's just that this big, great fleet was kind of the first major um, kind of settlement or colonization of New Zealand by Māori. But yeah, no one who is, um, you know, any historian or anything like that, they all do believe that Māori were here first.
0: So really quickly, I want to draw a um, visual image on my Mm -hmm. mind. The uh, Māori or Polynesians in whole came from I guess, the southeast um, side yeah. of Asia, perhaps. And then they traveled along down south and to towards the east, and that's where they started discovering islands such as New Zealand. Mm. Uh, let's get into how did they managed to navigate the seas. You mentioned boats. Yeah, too. so
1: they, they were in primarily what, um, what we call here in New Zealand, Wakahodua, um, which are the... It, you mentioned Moana earlier. Um, you know, basically the the big the big ships in, in that, you know, the um they're sort of catamarans so they're double hulled, um, with the kind of bit in the middle where they put um a little kind of house or, or a little like kind of building there. Um that is primarily what they were sailing in, um, with big big sails and, and that kind of stuff. Um so quite quite large vessels, not as large um necessarily as uh the big sort of european vessels that would come along later um but still quite large Mm -hmm. um considering because these tended to be made from very few amount of trees you know each hull would be made roughly from one tree and that was it that was kind of hollowed out and that kind of thing so that was primarily kind of the the vessel um there were some smaller ones that they were using as well particularly in the earlier period um when the distance between islands was much smaller Um, as they sort of started getting closer and closer to Eastern Polynesia, the distance between each island was getting greater and greater. So that's when you start seeing more of these bigger vessels. Um, But in general, that's what they were using um, to, that was the primary mode of transport was some sort of, um, you know, large-ish kind of uh, ship with a big sail.
0: You mentioned um, the islands were becoming farther apart from each other. Did I get that correct? Yeah. So as the migration
1: uh... progressed, Um, from um, west to east, they got further and further, or the distance between each island got further and further apart. So if you think from, you know, in the west, you've got things like Indonesia, the Philippines, that kind of area. And then you start looking at areas like, um, you know, say like Rapanui or Hawaii, um, you know, the the distance from those islands to any other island is is massive compared to where you look further in the west. So gradually as they were going east, they were getting more and more well, the islands were getting further and further apart.
0: That's very interesting. And if you, if anyone could just look Google Maps and just uh, search out the islands, you mentioned uh, Rapa Nui, <laughs> yep, right? Yeah, Easter Island. And Hawaii, Easter Island. The distances between those two. And I believe there's also an area around. Uh, there's an island that has that's recorded the the most isolated piece of land. Yeah, I world.
1: believe that is uh, Rapa Nui, off the top of my head yeah i believe it's that one i'd have to look that one up though i'm not entirely sure but yeah it's one of those eastern polynesian islands yeah
0: see so they have big boats they have capable boats be able to travel far to from island to island can we shed a little light on how the techniques or the techniques that the uh, polynesian people maori people use to navigate navigate
1: yeah so primarily um they were using what you might expect things like the stars um so at night they were looking at the stars um to see you know they had a very good uh astronomical kind of uh culture i guess you want to put it that way you know the the astronomy was a big part of polynesian culture still is as well um and that's okay. what they were using a lot of um in the same sort of way that again you would see european explorers um using much much later you, you know more or less the same techniques um and even when in the southern hemisphere the same stars as well um, they just basically had different names um so that was a, a big one was the astronomy um but was also the um the currents in the sky and all this other stuff as well right um such as i
0: was gonna my apologies for cutting it but i was gonna also mention the uh, if you've seen the film moana mm-hmm. where they uh dipped their hand the
1: ocean, just to see which or where is the warm side. Is that at all accurate? Is that also one of the techniques? There? I don't know if that specifically is, um, but that is the kind of thing that they were using. Yeah. So things like um, currents, the way that currents work, they work differently when you're close to land, or um, same with the sky, the clouds, they work differently when you're close to land, um, which generally was the primary objective of what these um, these voyages were. They were trying to find land. Um, and so that's, that's a really big thing with, you know, you see a type of cloud and you go, I know that type of cloud, it would only be like that if there was land directly underneath it. So we, that's where we should be heading, as well as things like uh, birds mm-hmm. as well. Birds is another really big one. Um, you know, certain birds will only be near land. So, you know, if they're going that way, there's probably land that way. Right, and
0: you did mention earlier before i cut you off that uh, in comparison to europeans there are some similarities yeah so they well.
1: do have some similarities just in terms of um you know there's only a certain amount of techniques that you can use there's only so many stars in the sky there are only a certain yeah, amount of birds absolutely. so they're all kind of using similar things to to um to navigate it's just that of course europeans call them different things to um To Polynesians, and Polynesians were already aware of these techniques long before Europeans arrived in the Southern Hemisphere.
0: What was their motivation for sailing? Did they always venture out, were they just regularly a nomadic sort of uh, culture? Was it, or was it for religious purposes, perhaps, or to find better land, or is it a mix of all those?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of kind of all of the above. Um, The general consensus is that it was because. The kind of resources were getting limited um you know warfare um kind of general ideas of why uh, people leave you know home to begin with why people migrate to begin with so they were looking generally looking for new land um to colonize to um because you know the there was too, it was overcrowded at home or they'd been pushed out by a rival a rival faction or anything like that pretty much any other reason that you find people migrating That's why they were migrating as well, as well as just a general, that was their culture of voyaging and trying to find new stuff and sailing. That was all kind of part of their culture.
0: That's very interesting. And you did mention about factions. Let's get into the culture or what type of culture or government, perhaps hierarchy did they have, did they have kings and queens or how did the common men and women specifically operate in, in a Maori? society
1: so in maori society or polynesian society because that is different
0: let's say let's start with the Polynesian. okay
1: so polynesians uh, is a bit hard because that's a lot more broad and it's over quite a large period of time but in general um they have they don't have kings or queens or anything like that um that is actually interestingly enough a response to european colonization usually um for example here in new zealand uh, maori do have a king it's called the um, kingitanga um, and that is as, as a response to European colonization. Hawaii did the same thing, more or less. They um, they had a king in response to European colonization. So that isn't really something that kind of happens until much, much later, as opposed to what they were kind of doing when, at least when they were voyaging around and colonizing areas and that kind of stuff was more, uh, it was more kind of tribal based um, in the sense that you generally only had a small group of people, um, and that's kind of all there was in your next door neighbors, you know, on the village next over, you might not associate with them as closely as you might say in you, today, your next town over, you know, you're still Americans, you're still Kiwis or, or whatever. But in this period, you might not think that you might think the next people over are actually different. They belong to a different group. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but the society for Polynesians is really interesting in that a lot of it is, um, a lot more female based um, interestingly enough um, a lot of the uh, at least in terms of leadership um, for a lot of Polynesian societies for at least a period a lot of their societies were based around uh, the leadership of their societies was based around um, kind of where who you were born to in the sense that it was more important who your mother was as opposed to who your father was because you can always prove who your mother is right because people were around at right. your birth and they 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 were, you know, people you had midwives or whatever helping the, the mother with the birth. You can't always tell who the father is because they don't have that that doesn't happen, right? So Right. So yeah. Probably in another hour. Yeah, exactly. So they 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 always knew who your mother was and so her blood, her line was much more important than the father's. So there's that kind of stuff where that kind of um is a bit different um compared to a lot of other cultures as well
0: compared to maori let's get into Mm -hmm. the
1: Maori. yeah so there um is at that point in history a lot of um, polynesians uh had a lot of polynesian cultures had shifted to a more male dominated society And, and maori is no different to that by the time they came to new zealand and even you know over time in new zealand the the uh the culture was a lot more um, male dominated Um, but females still had a lot more freedom than they did perhaps um, say the European counterparts at the time Um, which is really really interesting they had a lot more freedom in terms of kind of who they could marry um, you know what they could do Um, and it does seem like uh, a lot of women did take up what you might call male-dominated roles, such as kind of leadership of of tribes. Um, But kind of in the research that I've done, it seems that these typically male uh, kind of positions weren't male positions or they weren't male kind of roles. They were just roles that more often than not were filled by males. But females could uh, fill those roles just as easily. For example, um, one of the indicators that we have is um, tāmoko, which is... um, traditional Maori tattooing women do um have been or they have noted that women um or there are records of women having what you might call male moko male tattoos um in the sense that they have full facial uh, tattoos which is what Europeans deemed being male tattoos but as it turns out it might not be male tattoos that might be more to do with who the person was in terms of what role they were fulfilling, what position they were, what their leadership was, what their fuck up or what their um their ancestry was like. You know, that was more to do with it than, well, are you a man and are you important? So females seem to have or women seem to have, um, more kind of freedom than perhaps Europeans did. Um, although, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot up in the air around that, um, for a number of different reasons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at least in my research, that, that's kind of the, the takeaway that I got a lot of the time.
0: So you mentioned about uh, Polynesian other Polynesian tribes as well. Did they sort of, did they all of them, including the Maori, knew about other peoples from other distant islands as well? Perhaps Hawaii, they know, or do they have any sort of legends about Hawaii or some other bigger islands? Speaking from Maori perspectives,
1: sort of. <laughs> um, Maori and all, pretty much all of Polynesia have a mm-hmm. very good knowledge of the fact that they necessarily did not always live where they are now. Um, in terms of Maori, they always knew that they came from someone else. They've somewhere else. They always know that they've come from somewhere else, um, and that somewhere else for most of Polynesia is what they call Hawaii, um, which yeah hawaii. which is by most people will think oh hawaii hawaii i bet it's the same place nah sorry guys it's not um there is a there is a theory that hawaii does mean hawaii but it it probably isn't they they think it's probably um at least physical hawaii they think is more in terms of um you know that kind of uh southeastern asia kind of area taiwan is what they think it might be specifically But Hawaii is a little bit more complicated than that in the sense that Hawaii is usually what they mean when Māori refer to Hawaii, what they mean is where they were before they were in New Zealand. And most other cultures, Polynesian cultures, also refer to Hawaii in that way. It's like this is where we are now. Hawaii is where we were before, not necessarily where we were before that, before that, before that, if you get what I mean. So, kind Mm -hmm. of, uh, New Zealand's Hawaii, Maori Hawaii is Tahiti, which is where most people think uh, Maori came from. That that kind of area, at least around those islands, is where they think Maori set off from and came to Aotearoa, New Zealand. So that is Maori Hawaii, and then you've got all this other spiritual Hawaii, which is like kind of like heaven, but not really.
0: <laughs> That's really amazing. So let's get back into my reference. Also, the uh, movie uh, Moana. <laughs> there's a time in the beginning of the movie where they mentioned that they stopped venturing out and i look into it a little bit further Mm -hmm. it's actually there's actually some theory some facts about that there was a a thousand years or perhaps 500 years of no voyages and then after that they started again
1: yeah so it's interesting that you picked up on that um because that is one of the very interesting things about the kind of polynesian uh migration is that um yeah they get to about I think it's about the kind of Cook Islands and kind of Fiji around that area Polynesians make it about that yeah. far and I believe it's about 1000 BCE um when they when they get to that point and then they just stop for about 2000 years and that's where they the culture really develops um a lot it becomes it turns into what they call the Lapita culture um which is where they get they've discovered this basically through pottery and various other artifacts um, in those areas. Um, but yeah, the, the voyaging just stops for about 2,000 years and historians and archaeologists aren't really sure why, as far as I can tell anyway. Um, yeah, there's just no, there's just, yeah, there's no real discernible reason why they stop. Um, it could just be down to, you know, they had enough resources and that kind of stuff. There was enough room for everyone, so they didn't need to continue voyaging, but, Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason for that, but that's, that um, in Moana, when they say they stopped voyaging, that's what they're referencing, um, at least historically, is the fact that, yeah, the Polynesian migration Mm. stops for about, um, yeah, two millennia.
0: So let's also look into, there's some interesting fact, or rather, you probably know this as well, big debate in regards to the sweet potato. Yeah. Because when we speak about voyages, uh, the sweet potato can be found in correct me if I'm wrong, several Polynesian islands. Uh but Mm -hmm. presumably it all started from South America. Can we shed a little light on that?
1: Yeah, so you guys call it the sweet potato, we call it the Kumara, um, Mm -hmm. but it's the the same sort of thing. Um is the kind of um the spanner in the works, if you want to call it that. All the other evidence that we have in regards to the Polynesian migration from Southeast Asia all the way to New Zealand, it all matches up. It all makes sense. All the pottery, the food, the um, the, the, the like graves, the, the, the animal bones, it all matches up. It all makes sense. They start in mm-hmm. Southeast Asia. They come around, go all the way to East Polynesia, come to New Zealand, and it all makes sense. Which is great, except for the kumara or the sweet potato because that is yeah. a south as you say that is a south american uh vegetable and it just has no discernible reason why it should be there <laughs> um, so it's still there doesn't seem to be kind of a hard and fast consensus as to why kumara is in polynesia slash new zealand at all um the two kind of theories obviously is that south americans came to polynesia and then somehow excha- you know, exchanged it or traded it or whatever to uh, Polynesians, or it was the other way around, um, that they, mm-hmm. Polynesians, went to South America. Um, the general consensus seems to be that Polynesians went to uh, South America, um, and that's what things like um, Thor Heyerdahl did um, to prove um, that this theory could actually be correct, is that he built a, uh, a Wakahuda a big, boat that they would normally uh or they would have been sailing in and he went all the way to south america mm-hmm. to prove that that would be possible but again there's no real big uh hard and fast evidence that definitely shows either way
0: really quickly we mentioned uh thor Herdal. uh he's i believe a sea or archaeologist if i'm correct
1: i believe so yeah
0: that's uh experimented with if it's possible to sail from south america to the islands one of the islands in polynesia or I believe Easter Island, right?
1: Yeah, so that's what he was trying to do. That, that's why he did that. It's in the. It's made in the film Kontiki. Um, is is that's what that film is all about? Um, and he built he yeah he built a a um, to prove that yeah actually Polynesians could make it from um, you know Eastern Polynesia to South America, and that that is potentially a way that they could have gotten kumara or sweet potato um very interesting so it's a really yeah it's a really interesting story but he was put under fire because he used um there's a lot of stuff we don't know actually about how these boats were were made uh, in the sense that the sails and the cords um like the ropes and stuff don't survive because they are all made of plant matter that doesn't that decays really quickly um so he used uh you know essentially modern sails and modern rope in his in his structure, in, his, in the um, in the boat, and that put him under fire a little bit. But I'd say in general, he mm-hmm. he proved he he proved what he set out to
0: prove. Interesting. Now let's get back to New Zealand again. Uh, Aotearoa. Am I pronouncing that correctly? That's pretty good, actually.
1: That's pretty good. I've heard a lot of people uh, say it a whole bunch of different ways, um, but that's pretty good. Yeah. No. It's um, it is Aotearoa if you want to be pretty pretty close although i i'm probably have a few people who disagree with that but no one's pulled me up on it yet
0: <laughs> is there a a hidden meaning is is it maori um aotearoa the word out is there what what does it mean cuz new zealand is new zealand and aotearoa is
1: yeah so aotearoa is um is te reo maori or the maori language it is Tareo for um land of the long white cloud Um, and that is a reference to, again, as we kind of talked about before, um, when the first person to discover New Zealand, um, Kūpe, um, he came, you know, he got in his waka came to New Zealand, um, and then his wife spotted a big long cloud, um, above, um, New Zealand. And so he, she called it Aotearoa, land of the long white cloud. And that is because she knew that land was there because there was a big long white cloud above it so she actually saw the cloud before she saw the land
0: got it let's now close it out soon um and get back to modern day mm. the maori uh culture and um tell us a little bit about yourself but uh, you did say that you know a lot about Ma- the maori
1: yeah so i know a lot uh well not a lot i know a bit but I, um, I know it from a very academic standpoint in the sense that, um, I am not Maori myself. Um, I am what we call in New Zealand, Pākehā, which is a New Zealand Mm -hmm. European. Um, so I know it from books and, um, histories and articles and all that kind of stuff. Um, and there are definitely be people out there who, uh, know it from what they would call a te ao Māori perspective, a Māori worldview, um, in the sense that, you know, they, they are Māori, they were raised Māori. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the, what they're taught might be slightly different to what I know. Um, because, you know, every uh, iwi, every tribe has their own stories, their own take on things, their own um, kind of way of doing things, what we'd call tikanga uh, here in New Zealand. So,
0: And we're talking about modern day, the modern day today. Yep. Not, uh, the yeah, past so in modern day, yeah, social,
1: people... Social dynamics of uh,
0: how Maori is viewed.
1: Yeah, so it, it is, um, yeah, a lot of people would say, yeah, they you know, that they kind of disagree with what I've kind of presented. And that's just because I've read a book and they had, you know, their, say their parents tell them something and that where they got that from was the oral tradition of, of Mm Marvel. So it is, um, so I do, I do know a bit, but yeah, it is, um, from a purely academic standpoint. Yeah.
0: So we're closing it up now and, uh, we can know more, a lot about it from a, thomas's uh podcast uh, can you tell us of your podcast thomas again
1: yeah so the name is history of alter or new zealand podcast um so it's a bit of a long-winded name but it's very much a, it does what it says on the tin uh, <laughs> so yeah so i talk a lot about this kind of stuff um you know what well, at the moment, talking a lot about what Māori were doing in New Zealand before yeah. Europeans arrived. So what their culture was like, um, you know, in terms of things like carving, or tattoos, um, weaving, their social structure um and that kind of stuff and then we'll move on to um uh, soon we're going to be talking about musical instruments um and then we're going to talk about things like medicine um food how they were cooking stuff uh warfare what kind of weapons what kind of tactics were there um and then of course europeans are going to turn up and then that's going to throw everything out of whack and <laughs> we're going to talk about everything that happens there so yeah
0: so very much i uh, really really appreciate your time thomas um thomas realstone everyone also one quick tidbit too uh, what would you say to someone who wants to tour or visit New Zealand?
1: What, right now?
0: Well, not right now. <laughs> in the future, in normal times, I'd say.
1: Yeah, in normal times, I'd say um, the, the, the best way usually to do it is get to um, get yourself to Auckland, get a camper van, and drive the length of it. Um, that's what most people do, and I'd say that's probably the best way to do it. There is a lot. Of stuff to do in terms of uh, history and culture, but probably what you're coming to New Zealand for is the uh, native animals which you cannot see anywhere else um, so I'd highly encourage you if you are interested in New Zealand at least in terms of the history as well, you have to see some native birds like you know Kiwi Kias kakapo, all that kind of stuff those are also very very interesting
0: well. Thank you for, again, and dropping by. This is Thomas Realstone. He's actually in New Zealand right now. And this is it. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, great fun.
0: This is William with kpcradio.com.